Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life podcast. I uh, love these to do these and check in with some people that uh, are right behind the stars of the sport, grinding away, digging, as the kids say nowadays, to uh, uh, try to get better and try to get some support and try to uh, get on a factory team. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is number 65 on the year. Uh, FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers. They pride themselves on the quality and that goes into making each set of motocross and off-road gear, fxrracing.com. Use the code PULPMX30 to save 30% off your next gear uh, purchase or anything on fxrracing.com. You'd be surprised at all the cool stuff that FXR makes. So please check them out, and they support the privateers with uh, numerous, numerous guys out there each and every uh, Saturday night. Also, to Race Tech Suspension. Uh, get your motor, get your oil changed, get your uh, suspension revalve for you, get some motor work done. Racetech.com does it all. They have you all covered. And if you call and mention Pulp MX, uh, they will give you a listener discount. So yeah, get some, get a discount on some uh, work done by the folks at, at Racetech Suspension who have used Ben LeMay and Mike Alessi and Tyler Medaglia and you name it. They've used Racetech. Malcolm Stewart won Montreal on Racetech Suspension. So, uh, all right, let's get into this, uh, with me on the line to talk about life as a 250 Supercross motocross privateer from Texas, Lane Shaw. What's up, Lane? How are you, man? What's going on, Steve? I'm doing really good. I uh, just want to say thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for doing it. I know uh, we've got some mutual friends, and uh, I've got heat from all of them uh, to do st- more stuff with you. So they, they, they won, finally, Lane. <laughs> I'm glad that they uh, they finally won, and I'm glad to be a part uh, of the show. So thank you. Yeah, no worries, man. Well, listen, um, you've certainly uh, uh, really got onto the scene lately with some great rides. We've seen you on TV. You haven't made every main event by any means, but you're always in the mix, too, anyways, and you've made some. And uh, and they, recently you went from a Honda to a KTM. So your 2019 program is shaping up with KTM. How did that come about? This came about, I was just kind of in the transition of a change. Um, I was really wanting to kind of step off of the Honda path and just try something new. Uh-huh. So I had a, a dealership back home kind of step up and kind of wanted to work a, a, deal, a deal out with me, um, TJ Cycles in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of made things work, and um, I couldn't be more excited and ready for the season. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. So basically, uh, a dealership level, do they give you a couple of bikes? You got to give them back. Do they give you a, co- a hell of a deal on a couple or how does that work? Um, we do a, a program just like that. Yep. Um, I ride them for a certain amount of time and then give them back. Yep. Um, so what do you think of the bikes early on? What, how, compare them to your Hondas, uh, good and bad. Tell me, tell us what you think. I really like the KTM. Um, I was always anti about them just because, like, growing up, I rode all Honda, so mm, I, okay. I bleed red. Yeah, yeah. So so changing was a big deal for me, but I got on the KTM, and I felt right at home. It felt like a modern-day, like a new-age Honda. Um, it took me a second to get used to the hydraulic clutch, mm-hmm. but I really feel like the motor package helps me more as a rider, being having more mid to top. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, it really allows you to kind of like carry rolling speed in the corners and it, it transitions really smooth throughout the motor. So it's a really easy bike to ride. So I really like it. And, uh, I'm very excited so with you, everything I've done so far. You rode Hondas, you're pretty much your whole life. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Wow. So, so that orange front fender and the shape of it in front of you must be really weird. It was a little different to get used to at first, but then when I got used to it, I was like, man, I, I kind of like orange. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're good bikes. That's been proven for sure. Um, the uh, the Honda was all new, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if it was perfect yet. You know what I mean? I think they, they take a little year or two to make the models and, and really really refine them a little bit when they're all new like the 250 was, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, yeah. just it's the KTM has been, been out for a while. And I actually didn't even have uh, 18 Hondas. I rode, I raced this past year on 17. Did you really? I did not know that. Wow. Check you out. I did. I did. We were kind of in, um, the 18s were in that new transition year. Yeah, they were late, right? Yeah, we couldn't get parts. So we just was like, hey, let's stick to what we know. Let's get a new 17. (laughs) Kind of just run it. Nice. I like that. I like that. Um Who's uh, who's responsible for your program? Like, how, who, do, who helps you? How do you get to the races and, uh, and, and all of that? 
So it's been mainly my mom and dad and grandparents. Okay. Um, really sticking through and kind of helping me get to where I need to be. But uh, this year I kind of have a new sponsor, uh, Team All South, uh, John McCullough. He's uh, stepping up and really helping me get uh, to where I need to be. So I'm really excited about that this year. So I might be able to actually fly to some of the races. I think I'm going to have um, someone take my bike or like uh, Teddy Parks take my bike. Mm-hmm. And then me able, be able to fly to some of the races this year. Oh, wow. That'll be good. That'll be interesting. Um, you get to stay in a home base and everything else, right? Yes. I'm, home base is here in uh, Florida mm-hmm. with uh, Timmy, yep. uh, Red Dog. But um, I'll be able to train here and then kind of yeah. go to the races flying. But last year I drove to four of them, and then I had uh, the Club MX team, Redemption MX, KTM. Yeah. They were nice enough to allow me to take a bike, so I I got to put a bike on the rig, and then I got to fly to them after that. Um, yeah, that, it's tough driving, isn't it? Like, the, you got to eat right. You got to get some training in. It wears you out. It's not easy. It's really not. And I didn't really think it was that bad. I was like, man, you know, we're driving. I'm getting to do what I love. It's not yeah. going to be that bad. But when you're in a car for 18 <laughs> hours and yeah. driving through the night, it's it's not what you think it is. And it's, it's, a, really, it's a grind on you. So, yeah. That's probably worse than racing. Um, how many mains did you make last year? Was it just one? It was just one. Just the one. I feel like you were, Lane, I feel like you were in contention for them a lot. <laughs> I was. I really was. Yeah. I, had, I was in the right spot at the right times. Um, I just didn't make it, make it happen at the first of the season. And then I got into Daytona. And then the next weekend I went. 10th in the LCQ, but I was battling in the top nine. Yep. It was every, every tenth, weekend tenth I was Tenth in the heat, here. you meant. Tenth in the heat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, tenth in the heat. Right. I just feel like you you were in qualifying spot a lot and crashed or someone got you late or whatever. You know what I mean? So. Yes. It was It was just everything was moving fast. You know, it was my first year. Mm-hmm. So we were up there battling with the top guys. And um, everything was just coming to me fast. I didn't feel like I was riding bad or I didn't make very many mistakes. It uh-huh. was just like, I just, Oh, this kind of had like a, my brain was doing something. Everything <laughs> was coming fast and just had a little tip over. Um, and how, but what about Daytona though? How cool was that? Right. You're on the line. You had a good, uh, you got in. Did you win the LCQ? What happened? No, I made it, I made it straight in. Straight in. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe you passed late in the heat then to get in or something like, like you wrote really well. Yeah. I was in I was in seventh and stayed in seventh the entire heat race. Yeah, um, and that must have been a cool feeling. It was one of the best monkeys off my back ever. <laughs> Coming from the you know the first three weekends were real tough. Yeah, my little spill in Dallas and then Tampa. I was in a tra- qualifying spot and then I missed it by two in Atlanta. So it just felt good yeah. to finally get it in the main in Daytona. I was very bitter about uh, one of the races because I picked you in fantasy. I was very bitter about one of them because you were in the mix and then late in the race something happened. Oh, oh man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay, Lane. Um, hey, do you think though? Like, obviously Daytona is more supercrossy than ever before, but do you think that that type of track helped you that night, just for for how you ride or what you like or how you feel comfy or the fact that you had an hour and a half drive to get there? You know, from Red Dogs or like, was there something? specific about daytona that allowed you to get in and maybe get your best heat race of the year and everything else i think the track just kind of separated a little bit this Mm -hmm. year it was really cool i mean it's a super cross but it it kind of has an outdoor feel to it well you know you really grow up riding right so i got a good start and then i just kind of latched onto the lead the lead pack and then i just gapped you know it just it just everything was clicking it was just one of those nights yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I, I think making your first man in Daytona Supercross would be rad. That'd be that'd be really neat for a rider. It was it was a really good night. Um, I don't think it could have been any sweeter anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to make it there, and it kind of felt like I was at home. Like you said, I'm only an hour and a half from where I'm home based here. Yep. So it was just really cool. It was a good feeling. I actually had um, some family and friends kind of fly in for the weekend. Oh, cool. So it was like a home away from home. So it was it was a really cool weekend. Being I've never been to Daytona. Um, I've never been to like at the Speedway. So I was yeah, yeah. amazed the whole right. weekend. Um, and then one of the races, you slid onto the concrete and almost took out the photographer for Pulp MX, James Lissimore. 
I forgot what race that was, but your bike. Did I, was it? Was it him? I did not know. Yeah, that. yeah. He was. He he said, "Hey, your guy Lane Shaw, his bike almost got me. He slid on on the concrete." <laughs> well, I hope. I hope I get to meet him this year, and I hope there's no hard feelings there. <laughs> I think he's all right. Um, <laughs> hey, so how did you how did you hook up and meet Red Dog? How does that happen? Where obviously you're training with him, he's got a he's outdoor track, indoor track. He's got an apartment at his place. He's like kind of a full service. Davalos was there for for a year or so. How do you get hooked up with Timmy? It's a long story, to be uh, quite honest with you. But um, I was training with t- uh, Andrew Short. Yep. At the end of his career, and Coach Sagey was around yep. um, in his era, or around with all of us. And Coach Sagey actually came on, and I was brought up on Pulp. <laughs> and then that kind of, that's how it led me to Chris. And then from there, I, I kept keeping up with uh, Andrew. He's kind of like my mentor. Uh-huh. And I just kind of asked him one day, I said, hey, wh- you know, where do you think I should go? I'm, I kind of got this idea, this. I want to go kind of here. I want to go somewhere and be on a good program. Yep. And he looked at me and he said, if I was you, I would go to Tim Ferry's. Oh, wow. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't even know Tim was like really training. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, he's low key about it. He's low key about it. So I got in contact with, with Timmy and he was like, yeah, man, sounds cool. You know how Timmy is. He's, yeah. he's real low-key. So he's like, yeah, let me get back with you. Well, I didn't hear nothing from him. So I was like, yeah. well, shoot, man, I don't really know. Not, I'm not surprised, by the way. This is not surprising for anybody who knows him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, Trey Kennard kept calling Timmy and bugging him, like, hey, he's a good kid. You need to let him come. Yeah. So if it wasn't for Trey and Andrew, yeah. I wouldn't be with Red Dog. So I, I, I owe it all to them. <laughs> yeah, really, right? I could see Timmy being like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who he is. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Like, it it was so funny because like I kept calling him and calling him. I was like, man, I'm blowing I'm blowing Tim Ferry up. And he's like really not hitting me back. Yeah, like, I, hope, I hope he lets me come or oh, I don't know shit. what's going on. Um, so what's he? What's it like? What's how is he as a as a as a riding coach and as a as a you know a little bit of a mentor? I imagine you know career advice as well. Although I don't know, Timmy probably doesn't know who half the people are that you're talking about. But um, how is he to work with? I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Tim is a genius. He's gonna he's gonna get a laugh out of that. <laughs> but he really is a true genius. He's a legend. Um, he knows so much about setting up a bike. Uh-huh. He, uh huh. He riding, um, coaching me. He cannot even be watching me. He just be listening to what I'm doing and to say, "Hey, you're not doing this right," or "Try this." Like it's it's really the coolest thing that I've ever been around, or I'm able to to be a part of i'm oh. so thankful to be here it's, it's what i've always wanted and timmy is just the man um yeah he he's really smart but like you said like he's like he's not a guy to go around and tell everybody how smart he is or, or he's not about publicizing it or anything else you know what i mean but literally he spent his whole life racing motorcycles for a living and uh and he's picked up a lot of things along the way and uh I just he's not he's not a big he's not a big talker. That's what I, I find so hilarious is like I'm like, do you talk to these kids? Like you barely talk. You're just quiet. You know what I mean? He's not gonna yell at he's not gonna yell at people or anything else. He's gonna sit there and, and like and like sit there and pause for like five seconds before he says anything. It's just it's just I'm just I'm surprised that he's doing what he's doing, but on the other hand, I'm not surprised that he's helped you out because yeah, he's full of knowledge, man. He really is. He's a man of few words. Yes. So, like, at first I was like, man, I, you know, he just says, oh, yeah, you ride good or you did this good. I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, okay, like, you know, thanks. Like, I, I was thinking something else. But if I ever need anything, I go inside and talk to Evie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, she's my middleman. So, hopefully Timmy isn't listening to this. Nah, he don't, he doesn't, I guarantee you he doesn't know the first thing about what a podcast is. I, I guarantee you. Um, no, uh, and then what about being around uh, Marty Davalos? Like, obviously, that's a, that's a guy, that's where you want to be. You want to be a top 250 Supercross title contender, um, and Marty's a pretty nice guy. Uh, have you bounced? Th- do you bounce things off him? Do you learn? Uh, he's moved on. He's going to the goat farm next year. But in the time that he was there, how much did he help you? Marty helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, he kind of took took me and kind of fed me with knowledge. That I really, I'm really bummed that he's not going to be here this year. Mm-hmm. I, I hope him the best, and I'm I'm still going to be close with him. Yep. He's a jokester and likes to. Uh, get under, ruffle your feathers a little bit, but it was really cool being around him because he 
knew how to ride a 250, but he is a, a really good rider. He was able to yes, kind of help me. He is talented. He is a talented guy. He 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 really is, and a lot of people don't give him the credit that he's due because he's awesome. He is a he is one of the the best on a 250 ever to ride this sport. Did he did he tell you did he tell you Lane to stay in the class for 20 years if you can? Did he was that one of his advice? <laughs> uh, he's like, listen, Lane, listen, just never leave this class. Uh, I'm kidding, I'm joking, but but um, no, no, but for reals, yeah, he helped you though, right? He did, and yep. it was really cool just being around him because he's so well knowledge, just like Timmy. Uh-huh. He knows the ins and out of his body and how how he rides and the bike. So just being around him and seeing some of the things he did at the practice track, just I was just like amazed. I was like, right. "Wow!" Like I didn't know a bike could do that. <laughs> like, but like, so what? What specifically? has either guy helped you with that has really helped you or what have you learned and you started doing and it's really been a great thing is there something specific i'd have to say the confidence and the mindset Mm -hmm. is a really big thing i mean i you know you kind of know how to ride i knew coming in i thought i knew how to ride but then timmy was just like whoa like okay let's do this (laughs) and this right but and not nothing specifically it's just being on the program i Uh think that we're on kind of, you know, started getting the confidence up and then Timmy just like working with us and working with us at certain things. But it's really mostly the mindset, you know, you're capable of doing it. Yeah. You, and you know, you can, you just might be intimidated, but once you, you, you kind of step through or you jump something or you, you start getting your fitness and your, Mm -hmm. um, eating all right everything just kind of starts to fall into place and that's what i've really loved and what i've really learned about from timmy Mm -hmm. and then from martine i learned the most was just the riding just being able to cut under and like being able to like ride harder but smoother right or or ride less of the track so you're not riding so much and yeah yeah it's just cool it's like it was it's a science to it and they had it they have it really down so anything i you know they i just kind of try to pick up whatever they're did you did you notice a time, say you first start there and you go out to start your moto and Marty catches you in six laps or something and then by the time you know, Marty obviously got hurt and missed a big part of the year, but by at some point did you notice an improvement where or it was taking longer for him to catch you? Yeah, the first couple of weeks was really tough. <laughs> You're like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I jumped in I jumped in with the dog the the head haunches of the sport. Yeah. So I was just like, Man, I just gotta I mean, being around them is gonna make me better. So the first couple of weeks, it wouldn't it wouldn't take very many that long at all. They would let yep. thirty or forty seconds, and by the end of our eight lap moto, Marty would be on my be catching me. But right. by by the end of the season, it wasn't too bad, and it wouldn't really catch me at the end of a twenty. So oh, nice. Yeah. Um, that so that's what I was really cool. You know, it was just a small gains. You know, each and every mm-hmm. week that really helped me keep going. Yeah. That uh, for 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 your rookie season. What was something that surprised you out there? What was something that you had no idea? Because I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know a hell of a lot about you as far as your amateur career and uh, and all the things that you did with that. But jumping into the pros, what was something that really surprised you? I would have to say Dallas Supercross. Um, coming out and getting a whole shot of the LCQ and leading it. Uh-huh. <laughs> all the way until two turns to go or however you want to look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> But I, I had the confidence in me, and I knew I could do it. But when I finally did it, I was like, "Wow! Like I'm right here. Like yeah. I need, you know, this is where I belong." So that was really the stepping stone that kind of made me feel like, "Okay, like okay, I belong here, and mm-hmm. I can do this." Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, up until then, you're just like, I, I don't know. I, I feel good on the bike, but but you don't really know, right? But yeah, it, of course, because I mean, I'm training with Marty, right? And Hayden Melross, and they're just. I mean, pounded me each and every week, and I'm just like, well, I don't really know where I stand because you got Hayden as <laughs> yeah. a top ten guy, yeah. you got Marty who's going to be winning, and here you got me, and they're just like running me down, or or we're doing cat and mouse, and I'm the mouse every week. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it was a grind, but right. when I came out and and got the whole shot, I was like, okay, you know, now I know where I am. Okay, let's build from here. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the uh uh? Going into the season, did you have a goal? Did you have a, an idea of where you could be? I mean, we talked about the one main event. Did you did you put any sort of emphasis on where you wanted to be? What would make you happy? 
what made me happy was to make uh I wanted to be realistic realistically in most of the main events. Okay. I knew that was where I could be and, and then just making it in, getting through, you know, the whole day, learning the track, getting through the heat, L C Q whatever it needed it to be, just being able to be in that main event because that's where you're doing all your learning. That's where you're really figuring things out. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was there. I just I just needed that confidence. And a lot of things that people don't really know about me, I didn't start riding a dirt bike until I was 13. Really? I did. Wow. Yeah. I, I played uh, high school sports and went to public school. I, I had to play other sports to race dirt bikes. Yeah. So my first year riding or racing was when I was 15, and I made it to Loretta's and got fours. And you're like, holy and, smokes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're like, and I still had to go the next week. I went back to school and I went back to football practice. And my parents were like, you know, you did good, but you got to keep, you got to keep playing if you want to keep racing. And I was like, <laughs> okay. You know, that's, but I was always, I worked really hard to get to where I was, but I, I didn't see myself as one of the top riders because I, I never really rode with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was really far behind. I always felt like a step behind, but when I got to Dallas and I, everything felt good, you know, being with Timmy and I whole shot it and like the helmet inside the helmet went quiet. And I was just like, wow, like the light bulb went on. Like it was like, yeah, okay, this is where, you know, this is where you need to be. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. So, uh, are you all healed up from your injury? What happened to you? It was a pretty good one, right? Um, yes, I am. I'm all healed up. I actually, uh, had a minor get off during supercross this year Uh um i had a bike i had a bike go off on me or quit on oh geez wow um so that was a really a little step behind which wasn't the best but it could always been worse yeah so that kind of ruined a little bit of my summer but i ended up um kind of taking a little bit of time off i Mm -hmm. went to mexico and raced for suzuki over there oh you did i didn't know that how how was that how was that um it was a little sketchy. <laughs> Shocker. Shocking. Uh, did you do like a Mexican national race or what? We did. Um, I guess it's a little series that they have going on there. I went and raced for Suzuki Aguilar in the MX1 class. I don't ride 450s. Yeah. Like, I'm a 250 guy. So I went over there on a 450 and they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be really good. The bike, you know, set up kind of for your weight. And I went there and the, the suspension didn't move. <laughs> and it was on a night track in a bullfighting arena, so that was kind of cool. Like the, the experience was awesome. Right. I mean, uh, if I would go back and say if I was to do it, I would do it again. But I don't know if I would want to go back. Like maybe a different part of Mexico where we went was a little sketchy. <laughs> but um, made it through it and we did that, and then kind of just try to work on something for the, the upcoming year. So right. that's how I found. Uh, the KTM where I went to that route. Right. Um, I just did one of these with Felix Lopez not that long ago. Did he work you? Was Felix Lopez the king, the god of Mexico racing? Yes, he was there. He was. <laughs> he, I think he did win that night. Oh, yeah, I know. Was, He's Mexican national champion, bro. He is. He is. He he was moving that night. But um, uh-huh. the, first, the first main event, or the first moto, me and him, he whole shot and I was in second, and then Someone fell and they black flagged it. Uh-huh. So we had to go back to the starting line, and then I got a really bad start. And I think me and him actually collided on the first lap, and I went down. Oh, jeez, Lopez. But, <laughs> it was cool. I mean, I was riding a you know a bike, only been on ten minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was straight straight into the race. It was a great time, and I would I would totally uh, encourage anyone if they got the chance to go over to a different country to race. Yeah. It would be something so cool to do. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Right. It's uh, it's a, it's an awesome experience. Uh, Lane Shaw on the uh, FXR racing race tech suspension privateer Island life podcast. Number 65. Use the code pulpamx 30 to save at FXRRacing.com and also to pulpamx 18 to save at racetech.com, whether it's suspension motors or whatever. And FXR racing, of course, has a ton of stuff and they sponsor a ton of privateer. So thanks to those two companies for making these podcasts happen. Uh, where'd you grow up, Lane? I grew up in a small town, like 30 minutes south of Houston, Texas, called Alvin, Texas. South of te- south of Houston. That's way down there. Oh, yeah. Hometown of Nolan Ryan. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yep. Ch- check it out. Um, so, is there, is there had a, a little bit of baseball history for sure. Is there a statue of Nolan? 
There actually is. Of course. Our, down, our downtown uh, square has a statue of him, and then our high school baseball field is like Nolan Ryan Field. Oh, cool. So, okay, so you said you started riding at 13. Did you did you follow the sport or not at all? Just at 13, what happened? Who'd you see on a dirt bike to get you excited? I actually – I actually followed the sport. I loved the sport. Uh, When I was little, I remember going to the Astrodome the last year they had it. Mm -hmm. At the Astrodome, before they had Reliant, I think it was like 04, 05. I was so little, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, um, It wasn't 05 because I was there. 05 was the aluminum two strokes, and that's when Red Dog threw me off the back of the bike. Um, so long. I think it was 04 because Reed won the championship that year. Yeah, yeah, 04 might have been Astrodome, yep. But um, so I always followed it and I loved it, and um, I actually broke my elbow pitching one summer. Okay. And I had a I had a bike, but I wasn't really very serious. I mean, and I just started riding. They told me, you know, you're gonna have to have Tommy John surgery, which is yeah, a really gnarly, really gnarly surgery. At 13, 13, you have to have Tommy John. That's what they told me. Oh. And they were like, hey, we want you to quit throwing. Let's see if the bone kind of attaches back. Yep. You know, since you're growing. So I started riding. They're like, well, if it don't hurt, just kind of ride. <laughs> so I kind of went up to a local um, snap-on dealer from my hometown. Uh-huh. His name was Robbie Schultz. And I was just like, hey, would you you know, would you know, mind kind of helping me? You know, I race dirt bikes. Or like, I want to start racing dirt bikes. He's like, yeah, I'd love to. And then after that, we were like going. We started like riding more and getting uh, going to more tracks. So it kind of started from there, and then at 15 was like my really my first year racing, and I, I made it to Loretta's. Hold on. You went up to a stranger in a snap-on truck to take you racing? No, he was kind of like a family friend. Okay. A family right. friend okay. took me over to him, and I didn't know what I was doing. He just <laughs> like, hey, go talk to this guy. Like, All okay. right. Like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. It was it was really cool. It was like um, I didn't know what I was getting into. Now looking back into it, but I'm so glad that I kind of just went up and just like, hey, would just would you help me? <laughs> so your parents don't come from a motocross background, like dad didn't ride or nothing like that, huh? My dad rode just for fun. Okay, no yeah. nothing nothing like racing. My mom uh, rodeoed growing up. Oh no way! And, wow. Yeah she she ran barrels and uh, was like a high school um, almost uh, I don't even know which champion I was wow, check, rodeo champion check you out lane shaw <laughs> lane Fro- i wanted i wanted yeah i would call me lane frost when i was little i used to ride the side of the couch and i wanted to be like ty murray yeah um yeah really right uh that's awesome no that's cool so you start racing locally like texas is so big is there like a houston area racing championship or something yes there was like um Larry Hughes from down in our area puts on a really good, they call it the main event series. Okay. And that was like the big deal. Um, it was probably a couple of names before that when I first started, but that was like the big thing. And we started doing that. And then like, we didn't know what Loretta's was. Like yeah, yeah. someone came up, Caitlin Morrow's family came up to us and was like, Hey, you should try for Loretta's. And we're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, really? Right. And then uh, we ended up going to the qualifier I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. We'll go to regional <laughs> just try it out. Yeah, yeah. And I and I ended up making it in two classes, and we're like, whoa, like, <laughs> I guess doing something right. So do you think you could have, if you if you hadn't screwed up your elbow, maybe were you a good pitcher? Were, were things on track for you to, to p- pursue baseball a little more? Uh, they were. Yep. I was a very good pitcher, and I played for a select team, and I had a high school scout looking at me when I was like 14, 15. Like, oh, wow. Um, so it was – the plan was to go to to um, college on a baseball scholarship. Wow, you and R.J. Hampshire, he was a good pitcher too, I guess. Yeah, that's what, that's what I heard. So it'd be kind of cool to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we need to do that. We need we need to get a uh, we need to get a little pitch off between you and R.J. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I mean, I don't know if I'm. <laughs> I'm any good anymore. My elbow's still not being any good, but I get, I'll give it my best effort. Yeah, I know. Really, right? Okay, so yeah, so you make it to Loretta's, and you're like, hey. I want to maybe pursue this a little more, huh? Yes, sir. Like, we pulled up, and I, I we didn't know what Loretta's was. You know, we think you're coming to this big old national, this really national track, and uh-huh. there's, like, grass on the track, and there's, like, dudes in tractors, and there's sand, like, piles everywhere. Yep. I'm like, what is this place? <laughs> so, Shorty's up by Austin. How do you hook up with him? How do you meet him? Oh, my. I had a – that's a crazy story in itself. Um, 
so we were at a, a lo- like a private, like local track they run every now and then called Red Rock, um, up in Austin area. And I was just out there riding and I had been talking to coach Sagey about kind of trying to do his online program, uh-huh. trying to get some of my fitness stuff, might get a program together. Yeah. So Andrew came out, it was right before outdoors 16, right before his last season. And, um, Coach Sagey and Andrew were all out there riding, and I, I just had the brave, like, thought. I was like, man, I should go up there, and I should go talk to Sagey just because, yeah. you know, I want him to know who I am. Yeah. So I went up there, and I started talking to him, and then Andrew come around. He's like, hey, I'm Andrew. And I was just like, <laughs> I know who you are. Like, hey, how you doing? I mean, both of those guys couldn't be any nicer. They couldn't be any nicer, both Sagey and Andrew Short. And they couldn't. And it was the coolest thing because, you know, looking – looking up to Andrew and him being out there, I was just already like, wow, this is super cool. And he's like, Hey, you know, um, maybe you should take down my number. Like maybe we could ride sometime. <laughs> You're like, what? That, that, that was my exact thing. I, I think I had my phone in his hand before he even like finished the sentence. Yeah. And, and he gave me his number and I was like, man, he just gave me a fake number. There's no way Andrew short just gave me his number. <laughs> So I texted him that night, and I was just like, you know what? Thank you. You know, it was yeah. really nice meeting you, Andrew. He's like, yeah, no problem, man. Like, maybe we can ride. And then the next Tuesday, he texted me. He said, hey, I'm riding at my place tomorrow if you'd like to come. Um, here's my address, you know, everything. And I was just like, oh, right. my gosh. Like, yeah. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm going to Andrew Shorts tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be the same way as you. I'm like, yes, I will be there. Yes, I will be there. Absolutely. And um, so I went. It was, like, probably the, the best day ever on a dirt bike if I could, like, put into one day, like, how much right. I love dirt bikes. It was that day. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and after that, I started going and staying every week. Every week through the summer, him and Jackie allowed me to come and stay and live with them. And uh, it was probably the best summer ever. Oh, that's cool. What, what year would this have been? What was Shorty riding? What was he on? He, it was his last season. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was 16 when yeah. he was riding his KTM. KTM, yeah, okay. Him and um, Nate. 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 Narco Nate was there. And <laughs> nice. Sagey. And us, us four just had a great a great time. We just – I'd come in on Mondays and ride Tuesday, Wednesday, do his little – his program. Yep. And then when he went to the races, I would go back home and ride on the weekends, and I'd be right back on Monday. Ah, uh, that's awesome. No, that's that's a nice introduction to how to be a pro, Andrew Short. You know, I mean, I don't think, training, riding, everything. I don't think I could have lucked into anything better with being with Andrew. No. And no. Um, it kind of just showed me, like, okay, this is, you know, the, okay, so you kind of got to be on a program. You got to know this. You got to know yep. that. It kind of yep. put a lot of perspective into it being around him. Right. And, and then, um, that's what, so when did you meet Trey Kennard? How did that come about? I was actually the summer before I was training in Oklahoma with Robbie Renner. Oh, you're at Ro- Robbie's. Okay, got it. I, and, I, and then Trey was around us a bunch. Yep. And then you know I went home after the summer, and then I went back up to ride some Supercross. Just I, there's nothing where I am, so I went up to Robbie's and rode for a week. And on the like one of the last days, Trey was like one of the last days. Trey was actually riding at his place. Um, he invited us all to come out to his track and ride. And um, just being around him every now and then, seeing him, and then going to his place was so cool, too. Just like another Andrew yeah. Short moment. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I'm riding at Trey Kennard's. You know, you're 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 uh, you're a nice, you're a well-spoken kid. You, you seem like a nice kid. And 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 what a what a what a jump to your career to get to know you know Robbie and Trey and Andrew. Like, man, like it's really lucky. Like, there's a lot of kids like you that have a lot of skill. But they don't have any idea what it takes, who to talk to, what it needs, what you need to do to be a professional motocross. And, and you got really lucky. Of course, part of it's because you're a nice kid and you were respectful and you were cool. So, you know, you deserve some of the credit for that. But but really nice start to your career to, to kind of get your eyes open on what, you know, the top level guys do. Yes. And I couldn't agree more with you because I got so lucky um, I just literally just went, it was the normal day at the track, and I went up and talked to Andrew Short. Yeah. And next thing I know, he's like mentoring me. Yeah. Um, he was like, you know, he's I still call him as much as I can. I know he's racing and doing his thing, so yep. it's really cool to see him still racing. Um, but he's still a mentor for me in this life, and 
Chris Kiefer. I got to know him because I was good with Sagey, and Sagey talked good about me on Pulp on your show. So then I met Chris, and then being around Robbie, I was able to meet Trey. It was just, it's cool yeah, how everything right. works out, and yeah, you were, it, it's really cool. You were staying with Kiefer for a bit. I did. I went out there and uh, <laughs> did the uh, shootout with him. Yeah, yeah. He's like laying shots in my house. I'm like, what? The kid from Texas? I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. That's that's like, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It just was so bizarre, right? It was so so weird. Um, so, do your parents get to go to a lot of your races, or, or are they able to? Or what do they do for a living? Are they able to get out and and go to these races, or what? So, um, yes, they actually do. Um, my dad works in a chemical plant. He's a welding inspector. Okay. Um, he works pretty good for <laughs> me and mom to kind of travel. Mom was in a dental hygienist yep. uh, for a long time. And then when it kind of started taking off the last like year, she kind of had an early retirement kind of to be around me a little oh, bit cool. more, kind of help yeah. me out. Right. Uh, so me and her are travel buddies. And then dad's back home working. And, um, yeah, it's all work, not very much play for him. But yeah. um, I couldn't be more thankful for him. He he works so hard for us. And we try to get him – we try to fly him out to as many races as he can if yeah. he's not working. Uh, for sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lane Shaw on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life number 65. So you might be doing Teddy Parks experience in 2019, Lane. Yes, sir. Um, yep. We are trying to uh, try to find a deal um, that he can kind of take my bikes to the rounds. I think yep. he's trying to do something this year, or maybe I'm not going to be like full blown full, on the yep. team, right. but he'll be able to take my bikes. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to we're trying to work something out with him. Teddy's an awesome guy. Yep. Um, so I really hope that we can work something out. Well, you you wear a fly, which is one of the. Th- one of the things for his program i'm I'm sure yeah. you know that so that that part will all work out you know um he's mm-hmm. big he's big on that so that'll work um and then uh so what do you what are you hoping to do uh east coast again i, I assume in 19 yes sir yep step we are we are planning on um east coast yep. uh, maybe some west coast rounds here and there mm-hmm. on the 250 and the 450 class just to get some more racing yeah and then this year we're going to try to do mostly or all of the outdoors yeah well that's good that's uh-huh. cool did, you yeah, uh you i'm were, very excited about it you weren't able to do any this year right or did you do some and then you got hurt what was it did you do uh, any? no sir yeah i didn't do any this year right. i uh i just kind of just chilled really from my crash i was trying to recuperate right. kind of get on the right path for this coming year um, so i'm very excited um <laughs> to kind of be able to do some outdoors because I really do like outdoors and I really want to be out there racing. So it was really hard for me to sit back and watch this summer. Right. But with my new sponsor, um, Team, uh, Team All South, we're going to be able to hopefully get to all the outdoors and all of East Coast and maybe some a good amount of West Coast this year. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Just think how much more prepared you would be for the opening round. I didn't see what the opening round was. Is it Dallas again? I didn't even look. But um, think how much, how ready you'd be if you did a few on the West Coast. Just gate drops are, you know, important and, and re- dicing it up with 450 guys. You'd be, it'd be a big advantage, I think, in my eyes, if I got a few, you know, if I just didn't go to the first round cold, you know? Yes, um, that's what we're really going for. With being on the new bike, the whole new setup this year, um, we think that would be awesome just to kind of get out there and mix it up. Just get mm-hmm. the ball rolling sooner for, um, I think, Minnesota. Was it Minnesota? Year. Okay. I think Minnesota's first, and then we go to Dallas. All right. But just getting getting that ball rolling, like you said, just kind of shaking some things down, just getting uh, getting ready before our real season starts because it's really not a very long series for us Yeah. Um, on the 250s. So, so I think uh, I think that's what our plan is. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, so you're not working with Sagey. Red Dog handles most of the training, or does Sagey still pitch in, or how does that work for training off the bike stuff? Uh, we are all. I am all Red Dog. So Red Dog is um, he's. I, I mean, maybe he's changed or something, but I don't think he's one of those guys that wants you out there cycling 100 miles. Is he? He wants to get it done quickly, but but efficiently. No. 
Red Dog is a little old school. He likes us riding more. And yeah. that's what I yep. really like because, you know, starting late, you know, I, I'm already a little bit behind. Just just the experience. Just just time on the bike. Yeah. You know, if someone started at four and we're racing now, I mean, mm-hmm. just the time they had before. But I think riding more is what I like doing. Yep. And that's kind of what we do with Timmy. We have a, a, a awesome program. Yeah, I can see that, him. He, he always is like – this isn't a Tour de France. We're not going to Tour de France. We're racing motorcycles. This is dumb. What are you guys? These guys are morons. So. Oh my gosh, he loves. He loves when people are saying they're in boot camp and yeah. they're just lifting all those weights and yeah. they're doing all the cycling. He just gets a kick out of it. He likes showing us. Oh my god, look how look at these guys. Look what they're doing. Yeah. He just thinks it's the funniest thing. Uh, his whole thing is always like, "You race motorcycles. That's what you do. You race motorcycles. You should you should ride your motorcycle to get better racing your motorcycle." <laughs> yes, he was, he was actually joking just like that the other yes. day. He was like, yeah. us motocross racers are the only people that do more training not of our sport yes, yes, he than is. any other professional athlete, uh, cycling, swimming, running. Yeah. He's like, just go ride. Right. Go ride your dirt bike. <laughs> that's 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 the uh, the condensed version of the Tim Ferry Red Dog Academy, everybody. Go ride your dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a fr- that's a free lesson for today. Uh, no, nah, he's always been that way. He and when I remember one year, a few years at Yamaha when I was his mechanic, I would show up and he would he would uh, bicycle a little bit in the morning, go for a little ride in the morning, and then he'd bust out three twenty minute three twenty lappers, sixty laps a day. He was doing at one point, you know, and and uh, and just one bicycle ride to kind of get loose, and and it was an easy one, and then he would ride his motorcycle. That's just something he always believed in. Oh yeah, he is. He is still to that um, same mindset. He is. He is gnarly. He is so old school and like right. loves for us to ride the dirt uh, our dirt bikes more. But it, it's cool. It's cool to see like how he did it and then how we do it. Mm-hmm. He just thinks it's so funny how people right. overtrain and yeah. are doing all this weightlifting and boot yeah. camp. It, it's it's really cool. Well, he, to see you know, that and be around there's it. been there's been great racers like Damon Huffman who weighed nothing and had no no muscles and had a fantastic career and there's been guys that have been tall like Travis Preston and had a great career and Carmichael who's 5 foot nothing and and built like a, a brick shit house and had a great career and like you can you can have a gr- you don't need to do you know one thing awesome to, to ride a motorcycle really good there's all types of uh bodies sizes and shapes that have done very very well in motorcycle racing so um you know i just think it's a bit of a fallacy to be like you have to all bicycle 100 miles you know so uh, that's just that's just the way i think i think i think he believes that too um and also too has he ever or has he i'm bet i'm gonna bet lane that he's never brought up any accomplishment that he's ever done on a motorcycle no, he, right. right. <laughs> like for him, he's so awesome. Well, how like being a champion he is. He he laughs about being a '97 like yeah. Supercross champion. He just he he laughs. He's like, man, I you know it's not even a championship if you were to look at it now. <laughs> but, but the way like you you know he's a motocross the nation's champion. He raced 18 years professionally professionally on you know team kawasaki yamaha yeah all the main brands like yeah suzuki what he did was yep. amazing yep. and a lot of people just don't even know that and no. then, like they see him and he's just a normal person he yeah. doesn't you know he's just a norm, an, an, another guy and that's what i really like about him yeah he's never going to be like oh, i did this and i did that he, hell he probably doesn't even remember half the things he does he has to call me to tell him to, to remind him <laughs> on things that he did well good thing we got used. yeah yeah absolutely i he's told me he's told me that I, I, i'm the only i'm the only reason that anybody still remembers him <laughs> i'm like i'm like oh, i don't know about that rad dog but gee whiz he's like but i think the coolest thing was um having the red bud reunion him bringing out the 09 um, yeah. race bike that he had and yeah. taking it and having everyone see him. Yeah. I think that was really cool. And y'all getting to do an interview, like, that was cool because, like, being there, like, or not even being there, but seeing, like, everything and yep. listening. And then seeing Evan, like, Evan, you know, was born, like, when yeah, he was at his end of his yeah, career. Yeah. Like, everyone, he said that everyone was just chanting Red Dog. Like, yeah. people still know. Yep. People still know, but. Timmy doesn't like he's not the person to put it out there so it's really cool and this sort of surreal feeling to be around a guy like that well 
here, but here, but here's a classic example of Timmy. So he goes there, like you said, it's really cool. He has a great experience. He gets introduced to all these people, and you know he's a great American Disney Nations champion. And they give him this medal, and he leaves it at the track lane. <laughs> he texts me and goes, "Hey, I left my medal on the fence. Can you grab it for me?" Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I did not know that. Yeah, so I have his medal from the Disney Nations that they gave him. You know, some medal or something, and I'm like, "Hey." You know, I, I need. I'll trade you something. You know, for my studio for this medal. And he goes, just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like him, right? That sounds like Red Dog. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly it. Um, all right, Lane Shaw. Did we cover just about everything? Anything else we want to want to talk about? I think we covered everything. I just, I think it was so cool that um, you were his mechanic. Yeah, five years. And, uh, five years. Yeah, I just I didn't know that until like he. I started looking at pictures up in his gym, and it, I saw the one that he was like man friend. Yeah, yeah I that, thought that was so funny. So and he and Timmy's always like taking the credit. Oh, I'm the one that founded Steve. <laughs> he kind of did. I was in Germany, and I was hating life. I couldn't get a job in the U.S. that was worth anything. So I got a job doing the GPS in Germany. And his mechanic, Dave Dye, quit, and uh, I, they had my resume on file. They literally called me. I, I'd, I'd never met Timmy. Obviously, I knew who he was. And they called me. This is 99, the winter of 98, 99. And they said, if you want to work for Timmy, you know, you can you can get the job. Uh, just be here on Friday. And this was like Wednesday, and I'm in Germany. And I'm like, yep, I will be there. And uh, booked, the, <laughs> booked the ticket, showed up. Red Dog thought I was somebody else. That's a classic story. He he he, he said he knew he thought he knew me, but he but when I came down the escalator at LAX, he was looking right past me because he was looking for another guy. And uh, yeah, good good times. But uh, yeah, no, he, he's. He's unbelievable. And then he had a killer year in 99. Like, he was a privateer. And, dude, he podiumed at 450 race, 450 Supercross, and he was top privateer, and he absolutely killed it. And so that kind of, along with him, it got me a bit of a, some cred, too. Like, people were like, oh, his mechanic must be good, right? Even though I wasn't, but he must be good. And so um, so it really worked out well for me, too. Like, it really did help me at my career. I never had a problem getting a job again. You know, like, I was kind of... Not sure what I was going to do until I um, until I got got with him and he killed it in '99. So I owe, I owe him a lot. I really do. I hate to say that, but I do. <laughs> so that's that's really cool. Like I, the, hearing that is just kind of like being in the right place at the right time, kind of going along with some of the things that's happened to me. Yeah, absolutely. You got a good point. Yeah. Um, yep. You're totally right. Right place, right time. And he and he killed it. And I was able to keep being in the mechanics for another uh, six years or something. You know what I mean? And then tra- I mean, transition that, into and media. That's really cool. And that's really cool because I mean, our life is in our mechanic's hands. So yeah, you know, yeah, don't forget that. And, <laughs> oh, I won't. <laughs> um, it's really cool to be able to like say that you were a part of it because you know, I mean, it's it's a two man sport, really. When you think about it, you got to have a mechanic that's you know, and a team that's behind you. Yep. Before you can get out there and do your thing. Yeah. No. Absolutely, so man. You yep. Backing him, making sure that everything's good, and him doing his thing. I mean, it just it's a dream team. Just yeah. works together. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Lane. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks very much for that, and and thanks for doing this uh, FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life podcast. Uh, I think you're going to have a lot of people that root for you and uh, are cheering for you. I know between Red Dog and, and Kiefer, I, I feel like I'm very much up on Lane Shaw news. And how's everything going? So that that's good. Um, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be an interesting year for you on KTM's man. It, it'll be weird because you're not on a Honda, that's for sure for you. But uh, yeah, it uh, sounds like everything's lining up for you. Yes, sir. And it, I'm just having fun. Um, I'm glad. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I've been wanting to be on the show for a really long time. Kiefer told me when I made a main event, I was being on the show, and then. I didn't get the call, and I was I was, I was bummed for a long. Time. Oh, stop it, stop it! <laughs> Kiefer can't make promises that he, you know, he, yeah, he can't make promises like that. Um, I know, but you can't. Uh, but Chris is a man too. So yeah, he's when, uh, he's a great. He dude. told me that I was so pumped, but it's cool to um, to finally be on the show and to just get to know you more, Steve. It, it's just really cool, you know. Um, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's. It's something really cool, and it's just cool to be able to talk to you about everything. And then having having that fan base, you know, I really hope you know people see me from my story and yeah. really just want to be a just uh, see I can be a 
an idol or someone that they look up to. Yeah, that's Just awesome. Like man. How I used to look up to people. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, once again, man, thank you for doing this, Lane Shaw. Uh, who do you want to thank for uh, for all of your uh, success so far? I just want to thank. I just like to thank the man up above uh, for keeping me safe and just letting me live this life. Uh, my mom and dad and all my grandparents. But most importantly, I want to thank uh, Justin Kopchick. Um, he's a brother to me. He's my brother. Um, he's the reason I'm here today. He's the one that uh, I bought a bike from him and started racing from, or it got me into racing. And uh, he's been behind me every step of the way he's the reason you know i i went and talked to andrew and i went and uh and i'm here with timmy i mean he's everything to me mm -hmm. and i couldn't be where i am today without him so thank you brother uh you're the man i really appreciate everything you do for me and um his dad joe Kopchek, is like a, a second dad to me along with my my jacob tribe slash gpn crew um, t Team All South, uh, TJ Cycles, Fly Racing, X Brand Goggles, FMF, ODI, um, Power Band Suspension, Defy Graphics, uh, Rims Plus, Ride Engineering, Moto Stuff, with M Motorex, mm -hmm. Cycra, uh, Henson, and just uh, Red Dog Academy, Tim Ferry, and Evie Ferry. Thank you so much, guys, for everything y'all do for me along with Andrew Short and Trey Kennard, the reason I'm I'm at uh I'm at uh Timmy's and then Chris Keefer, my man, um my my Des life brother. High, high Des uh, high Des buddy. <laughs> my high Des buddy. Um I couldn't thank him enough and just for everyone sticking behind me, thank mm -hmm. you. Um just being a being a professional athlete, there's a lot of people that help you get to where you need to be. But uh, I couldn't do this without everybody, and I couldn't do this without my brother, uh, Justin Kopchak. He is uh, hes my uh, my one blessing that I'm so thankful for in this life, and I just thank you all for everything. Cool, man. Yeah, well said. And, uh, again, thank you for doing the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island uh, Life podcast, man. Thanks, Lane. Oh, thank you, Steve. Uh, so thankful to be on here. and can't wait to listen to it and see how it is <laughs> oh you, you did great we'll, we'll get you back on too that's the best part <laughs> all right awesome